0: Listening to Curious Minds, a podcast aimed at the next generation of aspiring young entrepreneurs, innovators, and change makers. We release new episodes every month discussing career insights, entrepreneurship, and the most exciting emerging technologies today. Today, we're talking to Cam, who is a software entrepreneur and product manager. The past few years, he's worked to help grow Edmonton's emerging tech economy by connecting entrepreneurs, investors, developers, and creative minds through Startup Edmonton.
1: 2008 Camform Demo Camp Democamp Edmonton, as a form to bring the Edmonton tech community together, and has continued that with his work at Startup Edmonton and Flightpath. In the past, he was the product manager at Nexopia.com and currently runs Touchmetric, makers of in person survey software. He was named one of Avenue Magazine's 2011 Top 40 Under 40 in recognition of his work in Edmonton's tech and startup community.
0: He is now the CEO at Amy, an Alberta-based research institute that pushes the bounds of academic knowledge and guides business understanding of artificial intelligence and machine learning. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast.
2: Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited for the conversation.
0: Yeah, so we wanted to start by asking, can you tell us a little bit about your journey leading up to becoming the CEO at Amy?
2: Yeah, I think it's a great question. So most of my background has been on the, the product and startup and kind of investing side of the world. Uh, my, my, on the education side, my undergrad degree was in business and finance. Um, and then later on, I went back to grad school and did a, a master's degree in computing science. Um, both of those were at the University of Alberta. Um, so a little bit of everything education wise, I think in my undergrad, I switched majors four times um just you know bouncing around and kind of trying out different things um but eventually settled on on a degree in business there um you know after I graduated uh worked for a tech company called Thinktel we were doing uh VoIP um uh for for businesses at the time uh eventually went and led product for a company called Nexopia that was a Social network um, based in Canada. We were the second largest social network in Canada at the time. Um, you know, during that time, you know, started a, a series of events called Demo Camp here, really trying to bring the tech community in Edmonton together. And you know, kind of through that, ended up um, you know starting an organization with a, a friend of mine, uh, Ken Batista, called Startup Edmonton, and you know, really. Uh, built that to, to build out the the startup and the tech community here in Edmonton overall. And so that kind of went through its, its own kind of, uh, you know, life cycle. We opened a space, we ran a number of programming. Um, eventually we raised a fund um, to be able to invest in companies that, that we were seeing coming through the, the work there. Um, but really, you know, really growing that ecosystem here in Edmonton overall. Um, eventually, you know, uh, I left kind of Nexopia, um, we got somewhat, you know, defeated by Facebook <laughs> and, uh, you know, ended up also, you know, becoming the CEO of a tech company called Touchmetric while I was, you know, with startup and, and flight path there. So, um, you know, kind of a, a wild kind of early journey, I guess, um, eventually left all those, did a grad degree in, in computing science and machine learning under Rich Sutton and Adam White. Um, and then, you know, became the, the CEO of, of Amy about four years ago. Um, kind of how I ended up at Amy is early on. I was at the, on the, uh, management advisory board of the, the Institute, the university. Um, yeah, I was early in setting up the, the nonprofit here. Um, and then, you know, stepped into to this role to really, you know, grow what we were doing, you know, both on the, the research and investment uh, research and industry side here again about four years ago.
1: All right, wow, a lot going on there for sure. Can you talk us through uh, some of the exciting projects that Amy is currently working on?
2: Yeah, you know what, we always have something that's interesting going on here. Um, whether it's you know, yeah, you, know, uh, you know, early work with a with the startup and something exciting that they're working on, and you know, we're helping enable what they're what they're doing. Um, you know, through to working with. You know, large companies and and training that that we're really doing to to help ramp up uh, companies' capacity overall. So, uh, you know, one thing we're really excited about right now is we just launched a AI for Executives uh, course. Really, you know, targeting growing the AI literacy um, of executives here, uh, both here in uh, Alberta and then you know across the country. And you know, we'll we'll have folks from around the world joining us, and uh, we're really really excited about that you know, there's such a big opportunity in artificial intelligence right now. Um, But often the challenge for companies wanting to invest more in it is, you know, their, their management and boards really understanding um, the area and having a framework for how to make decisions and um, how to leverage uh, artificial intelligence and what they're doing. So really excited about that. Really excited to, to grow that really play a big role in, and growing AI literacy at the at the executive level, um, so that's a big one. We have ongoing projects with industry all the time. We just wrapped up uh, a really exciting one with a company called Kuva uh, around you know using human loop machine learning to um, uh, to help with methane emission reduction um, and uh, you know help detect methane leaks. Uh, we worked with a company called Atabotics around optimizing um, throughput with them. Um, there's always, always something exciting that we're, that we're working on here.
0: Yeah, that's really amazing. And I love how everything you guys do is very impact driven. Um, it seems like you guys are doing a lot. So what do you think, um, is the most exciting research or initiative Amy has done so far? Uh,
2: I, I mean, that feels like a little bit like choosing your, your favorite child, I guess um I don't, I don't have children i have one dog so it's easy to have a favorite the uh you know the i think there's a lot of things to be excited about here we have uh core areas of uh bio health egg energy you know really really impactful things where anytime you can make a difference you're really making a difference on you know on the entire planet um, with anything that you can do in the area so uh it does make it very difficult to choose um, uh, you know, a favorite among all those things. So it's it's cool to see you know, our the the work that uh, someone like Ross Mitchell is doing on the health side is is really exciting. Um, you know, the the reinforcement learning leadership that's coming out of uh, our institute and coming out of the incredible researchers that we have here. You know, whether it's Mike Bowling's uh, team that was the first to solve. Uh, are to beat poker professionals at heads up no limit Texas hold'em. Um, that was really exciting. You know, the launch of the Alberta plan with uh, with Rich Sutton and uh, Mike and and Patrick Pilarski. Um, really on having a a really forward looking vision on on where AI needs to go and where reinforcement learning is going to go. Uh, I thought was is is a really exciting project to see um a lot of fish's work on you know representation learning um and ai and machine learning in the brain is really exciting there's just always something really great and something you know really cool that we're that we're seeing worked on
1: here wow definitely a lot going on it's very exciting so this course that you mentioned earlier do you have a specific demographic that this ai literacy course is geared towards are you thinking uh People in higher up positions to sort of help them understand the technology and how they can use it for your businesses or just everybody in their day to day lives?
2: Yeah, great question. So, you know, AI literacy is a really big thing for us here at Amy. It's something we care a lot about. And we think it's, you know, on many fronts, whether it's in order to get business value out of it, whether it's uh, something that's going to affect, you know, students and, uh, you know, what their future jobs are going to look like. Um, or whether it's like as we're making decisions as a society on you know, what, how, what role we want AI to play and how we want AI to be integrated into society. We need people to be informed and literate about AI to, to be successful at that. So we have a number of different um, programs on that side that, that we're really working on that we've launched to, to really grow the AI literacy of, of the people that we work with overall. So the, the one that I talked about, the AI for Executives course, that's targeted for people who are in executive and board positions um, or senior leaders in government, that type of thing. Um, who are having to really make you know business decisions and um, make business investments in, in machine learning and need a framework to be able to do that. So that's that's focused there. but we also have a machine learning foundations course that's really a, you know was machine learning for, for everyone type thing. Um, so we have a course around that. We're really excited. Um, to partner with the university to be, um, you know, the first, you know, major university to launch uh, an AI course and eventually an AI certificate that every undergrad student on campus um, will be able to take. So, really excited about that. Um, they're writing the first version of that here in January, led by Adam White and Alana Fish, um, called AI Everywhere. And you know, that's that's an opportunity for every undergrad on student to be able to. To take that course, um, Jill on our team here is uh, is leading out our K to twelve initiatives as well um, to really help enable teachers to be able to um, you know, bring AI and help teach AI in the classroom. Um, so really, that that full stack literacy, you know, all the way through kind of early education from you know to post secondary through to executives, we really think that you know full stack um, growing AI literacy is incredibly important.
1: Uh, seeing that you have previously founded several companies as a serial entrepreneur, what was the hardest part about starting all these amazing companies from the ground up? And maybe what are some barriers that you encountered while doing so?
2: Yeah, great question. I mean, you know, starting things is is a combination of, of fun and scary at the, at the same time. Um, you know, I think the fun part is, you know, building something new and seeing something created, you know, in a sense of nothing. Um, you know, solving a problem and seeing a, a problem or a set of problems solved and uh, that, uh, you yeah, seeing that affect people in, in a positive way is always really great. So um, that's, that's kind of the, the exciting part about, you know, building something new and, and creating something new. Um, you know, the hardest part, I mean, there's always a lot of challenges early on in, in a startup or in building something Typically, you're you're under resourced, and so you're probably having to wear you're typically wearing having to wear a bunch of hats. Um, You know whether your your title might be I don't know co-founder or might be CEO or whatever. Um, But you end up being the the chief legal officer, the chief IP officer, the head of marketing, the head of sales. You know the head head of engineering. You know you're wearing a lot of different hats early on, and being able to context switch and and move the organization forward. Uh, while doing a bunch of those things at once is the is often the, the big challenge.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like being being the founder or the CEO is definitely a very comprehensive role. And that's what people normally see it as. So what do you think is something that people do not expect to be part of the startup founder experience?
2: Yeah, I, I think that part of wearing multiple hats is probably the biggest part where, you know, you kind of go in, you know, often, you know, my say, okay, well, I'm i uh, I'm an engineer and programmer coming in. I built something cool and you know, that's my role. I, I, I build the thing and then, you know, other people use it or other people sell it. And, you know, very often, and as a, as a startup founder, um, you know, you're not just playing that role. And so maybe you're very, very comfortable, um, being a, a good engineer and building things, or maybe a great designer and designing something really awesome. Um, and not as comfortable in you know in other roles and uh you know being ha- being having to wear multiple hats um uh, in those you know in a in a startup in a in a new company is is often really tough because it, it takes you all what it typically you're very very comfortable at um and something you maybe know a lot about into an area you're maybe less comfortable being in and is outside of your area of expertise so that's often the hard part is, is really balancing that and, and trying to be successful at that.
1: Personally, do you believe that this sort of flexibility mindset is something that you can sort of train yourself to fall into? Or do you think some people are just natural entrepreneurs? They're just born with it?
2: Yeah, great question. So I've always fallen in the I don't believe that entrepreneurs are, are born. I think, you know, um, anybody can be an entrepreneur. It it often takes a little bit higher risk tolerance. So maybe not everybody wants to be one. Um, but I think anybody can and that like ability to be flexible and constantly learn and grow. Um, you know, I really believe that, you know, most pretty much everyone can do that. Um, if they, if they set their mind to it and a lot of the really great entrepreneurs that I know, um, you know, have have grown a lot over time. And early on, you might not put them in the category of who you would expect to be an entrepreneur. Um, but really, you know, tackled a problem and, and grew along the way to to kind of fill that role and and to build something special.
0: Yeah, for sure. And can you maybe tell us about a time where you've ran into some challenges as the founder and how you go about tackling it?
2: Yeah, you know, I think there there's always things that come up and whether it's you know, Hey, we, we thought we were gonna have something deployed and a, a bug came up in our software and it's two in the morning and our, you know, customer on the other side of the world is, is having problems and we need to, you know, we need to fix this, um, or, you know, maybe you over-promised on, on what you were going to do and, and need to figure out, you know, need to have a hard conversation with, uh, with a customer about a deadline that, that might not have gotten hit. Um, to, you know, early on people, you know, maybe don't have a lot of experience in in managing folks and early, you know, conflict or, you know, discussions that need to be had with, you know, whether it's employees or co-founders, any of that, these are all things that come up, um, along the way. And I think that, you know, for myself, and I think the people who are, you know, tend to be successful in entrepreneurship are always... Are always looking to move forward. That's kind of the, the biggest part. Is you know something's going to come up, and it's less you know sitting there and dwelling on that isn't going to help. And you know you usually don't have time in a startup to dwell very much. It's you know what's the next thing? What can I do to solve this now? And what's the next thing I need to do to to move stuff forward? And that mentality and constantly constantly looking at that, and constantly figure out what the next thing you can do to to deal with the situation to move things forward, uh, I think is always the most important thing.
1: Yes, 100%. So for an existing startup, I can definitely see all of these things being true. Uh, So recently, I believe it was Forbes a few years back, they published their top reasons why startups fail, uh, sort of like an infographic and people in the startup world really, really enjoyed it. Obviously, these are really, really valuable statistics. And the top three that were listed here, let's see, it said no market need, ran out of cash, not the right team, um, you know, followed by things like getting out competed, pricing cost issues. So do you mind telling us a a time when you might have experienced some of these? And also, do you believe these to be accurate given your personal experiences?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at a couple of those in there, you know, pricing cost issues and And maybe no market need are are kind of our siblings, I guess, sibling problems. And, you know, both of those are that kind of like, what's your, what's your business model and and does the world want, you know, what you're, what you're building. And that can be a, a challenge at times where folks, you know, get really excited, especially in the software world. Hey, you know, I, if, if you can program, you can build something and they're very excited about building things. And so they build it. And it turns out that maybe people don't want what they built. Um, so it's something really cool, but, but nobody actually wants, they're not solving anybody's problems. So, um, you know, that thing of, that part of, of building something that ultimately customers, you know, don't want is, is a big challenge. We see come up a, a fair, you know, fair amount of time. We saw that a lot, you know, when I was running Start at we ran specific programs to try and help people think through their idea before they, ended up building too much and going too far down that road. Um, So that's, that's a big challenge. And then even within that, there are smaller, you know, challenges that come up along the way, like, um, uh, you know, this is great. Maybe people are, are willing to buy it, but don't want to pay what we thought. And maybe the market size isn't there um, that we thought it was going to be, you know, we, we thought, you know, (laughs) a hundred thousand people were going to buy this for $10,000 each. And it turns out that there's a thousand people willing to buy it for a dollar each. And uh, you know, maybe the market in your business model changes quite a bit and um, you know, you end up running into challenges there pretty quick. So yeah, I think those are all things that are are pretty common killers for, for startups.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, And going back, back to your first point, how do you think startups can avoid building things that have, um that don't have a real market need, whether that's like market research, potential customer interviews, et cetera.
2: Yeah, I mean, usually the best thing is the the earlier and you know faster and more you can talk to customers, the better. the The better you can have a loop of talking to somebody who is willing to pay um, for for what you're doing. Learning from that and uh, and iterating from there is is you know kind of the key to to avoiding that as a as a problem um so you know that's that's the biggest part is talking to customers early on on the software side um talk to customers early and often and you know iterate on on what you're hearing and and grow from there
1: definitely so with the investing landscape looking right now how it does do you think software companies are going to have it easier or harder when it comes to things like securing funding in maybe five years 10 years 20 years
2: Um, yeah, I mean, it always feels like there's, there's a, there's always like a a headwind and there's always something, you know, positive when it comes to raising money for, for startups, you know, right now, I think, you know, the amount of capital available has probably gone down compared to the last couple of years. Um, at the same time, maybe the, the competition for talents changed a little bit. Um, so it might be a little easier to, to find the people that you need. So there's always this kind of, you know, you know, back and forth of you know maybe it's harder to raise a high amount of money but maybe you don't need the same amount of money that you did before um, in order to to build something or maybe the competition's a little bit lower on on some of the input costs so yeah it's i think you know if you have a good product that, that people want and a, a path to growth and you can show a exciting exciting future and a potentially great exit then there's still opportunities for funding there and I suspect there you know, almost always will be.
0: Totally. And I think we're talking a lot about like the product here, but obviously the entrepreneur um, is also really important. So what do you think is the most important quality for achieving your entrepreneurship goals? And why is it really impactful?
2: Yeah, you know what? I think, you know, always be learning and always be looking for the next problem to solve is the is the big thing. Um, you know, there's, there's going to constantly be new things that come up. So, you know, continuing to learn, figuring out what, um, you know, what you need to learn to be better at your job, what you you need to be, what you need to know to, um, uh, understand your customers or your industry better. All these things are, are really important to, to constantly be, be learning is, is one really big one. And then, yeah, like I, I kind of said before that, that part of always being on, onto the next problem and not saying they're dwelling on, you know, what's happened or the the kind of past in some way, but instead, you know, really saying, you know, God, we're on to the next thing. How do we how do we solve that? What do we need to do to to improve or to take advantage of an opportunity or fix the challenge, whatever? You know, how do we do that? And so that's the that's the really big thing that I think is is important for any entrepreneur. And I think we'll kind of set you up for at least a better chance of success, whether or not you'll be actually successful.
1: Do you have any uh, favorite mindsets or frameworks that you'd like to share on the topic?
2: Yeah, you know, for me, it's just, um, you know, that kind of on to the next thing mentality. Um, you know, there's a, I kind of, kind of use this phrase, uh, we're on to Cincinnati is something that I'll kind of say a few times. And that's, you know, a few years ago, the Patriots lost the, NFL team, the Patriots lost a a football game and, uh, their coach, Bill Belichick, you know, when he was interviewed after about what happened in the game, he just kept saying, we're on to Cincinnati, like we're on to the next game. And I think that at times, that mentality of, you know, we're on to the next thing, we're on to, you know, we're on to figuring out how to, how to be better instead of sitting there, you know, kind of dwelling in, in what's happening or what's happened, um, is the is the really important piece? So sometimes I just need to remind myself, and I try to remind myself, okay, we're on to the next thing. We're on to Cincinnati.
0: Totally. Um, I think pivoting and adapting is really um, important in the entrepreneurial landscape. Um, now, I want to focus a bit more on kind of growth mindset. How do you um, how yeah. important do you think having a growth mindset is to achieving success in whatever it is you do in life, whether that's um, starting a startup or relationships or um school or things like that
2: yeah yeah i think it's it's extremely important and you know thinking about you know how you can grow and and um you know the the mentality that you can is, is probably the biggest thing and again that's whether it's you're thinking about yourself thinking about your team thinking about your teammates um thinking about your product like there's always the opportunity for growth There's always the opportunity to change the the situation that you're in um and being able to to focus on that and focus on what you need to do to to change is the the really important part so yeah growth mindset incredibly important for for i think any sort of success
1: so from our interview so far i can tell that you definitely seem like a people person you definitely seem like somebody who likes interacting with other people listening to them giving your own perspective uh, so do you have anything to say on the fact that sometimes entrepreneurs may prioritize things like looking after their company, rather looking after their people, when in fact, you know, 100% of investors are people, 100% of customers are people, 100% of the people you're working with, um, you know, maybe not on an assembly line, robots are kind of taking over there but generally speaking we're mostly surrounded by just a lot of other people so do you have any tips for that one-on-one human connection
2: yeah you know I think that generally you know start founders are are successful are able to connect to people very well and see it as an important part um, there are times that you have to make hard decisions and um, those decisions aren't necessarily popular with the you know with people or maybe not everybody's going to to understand them. Um, but you have to make a hard decision for the the success of the company, and that will also enable the people at that company to be successful. And so it's it's always that tough thing. But the the more you can build trust, the more you can bring people along in that process. The the kind of better your you know the end result of that's going to be. So you know I think anybody like connecting with people, you know, finding out not just you know how they're doing at their job or how they're doing at work, but What's happening in their in their lives and trying to to understand and you know build that connection with with people on that kind of personal level, I think is incredibly important. And I think anybody that's successful is generally going to be you know generally going to have done a good job of that.
0: And do you have any tips on building relationships, building your network? Obviously, that's a really important aspect of being entrepreneur. So, um, do you have any tips on that?
2: Yeah. I mean, like part of it's just being out there and and talking to people, you know, I would say I've always found success in, in helping out, you know, with events and helping out, you know, kind of, you know, build community and, and, you know, where I can helping solve other people's problems, you know, early on in, in my career, you know, right after university, you know, the, the thing I could help with was like setting up chairs at an event. And I was willing to, you know, go set up chairs or, you know, be the person that, you know, hands out name tags type thing. And, you know, that may seem like something little, but it, you know, in, in some of those cases I was able to connect with some really awesome people uh, whether it was striking up conversations or, you know, with the, the organizers of the event and, you know, help them out, build some rapport there. And, you know, really take things from there. So, you know, I think always, you know, the more that you can not just try and be out at something, although that's important, but also try to build a meaningful connection and help people, um, the the more you're going to be able to to grow your network.
1: With the rise of AI in the digital world and all this uh, crazy stuff that we got going on in the tech space with AI, AGI, everything. Do you think that uh, down the line, let's say 10 years, people are only going to improve these skills or do you think they're just naturally going to get worse and fade away as we shift more towards a digital landscape?
2: I think we'll still get better at them. You know, they're, we've evolved for a long time um, to to work with people um, and to deal with people in person and to, to grow that. grow personal connections and, and connections within groups and societies. And I don't think that that's going to go away anytime soon or anytime, you know, I don't think that's going to go away quickly. Um, if anything, you know, there'll be always up and down ups and downs here and there, but I think that AI is going to, um, you know, we're going to leverage AI to be able to enable that even more going forward. So no, I think that, those personal connections are, are something that are c- continue to grow over time.
0: For sure. Um, and now I want to switch the topic a little. So um, as an investor, have you ran into any major challenges recently?
2: Um, no, I mean, the, the, you know, market being volatile and having gone down quite a bit was, was not helpful um, necessarily. And, you know, certainly for, for companies that I've invested in the past, you know, they can be doing things well and, you know, Timing might have you know not been their friend, um, depending on when they need to raise money, that type of thing. So, you know, volatility is always tough, and it's it's difficult for you know investors, difficult for entrepreneurs when you know there's things that are out completely outside of your control um, that are affecting the trajectory of your business. Um, so that's yeah, you know, I mean that's that's kind of been what the last couple of years have looked like here, and you know, unfortunately you know, that's just kind of part of the game when it comes to whether it's investing or, or entrepreneurship. There's always going to be those things that are outside your control and, you know, you do your best to control the things that are within it.
1: So just out of curiosity, apart from, let's say, AI, the obvious one, um, what other markets have you been watching recently?
2: Um, yeah, I, obviously, i, I you a know, pretty strong believer in AI and, and machine learning. I think, you know, the, the biology and life sciences industry is incredibly interesting and, is going to continue to grow and you know we've seen the impact of you know thing of of the biotech industry on you know things like pandemics and we've seen the the um we've seen a lot of incredible things whether it's on you know things like cancer care uh cancer therapeutics we've seen we've seen some really interesting things over the last number of years so by bi- the biomarkets incredibly interesting um health and the the impact of of ai and health um, continues to be, you know, a, a growing area and a, a huge opportunity area. And then, you know, obviously with, you know, things like uh, climate, with the forest fires that, that happened last summer, with, you know, with, with the whole energy industry, um, there's there's just a lot of opportunity for, you know, again, you know, for the industry itself, but then also for AI to, to just really play an interesting role and enable new things there.
0: Definitely. Um, now, I want to kind of just wrap it up since I do want to respect your time. So what do you think are three takeaways from this conversation that you want our listeners to walk away with? Do you have any words of advice for you know, the next generation of kids out there who maybe hope to one day work in the software space or even start their own companies?
2: Um, yeah, you know, for me, always be moving on and, and solving the next problem. I think that the best entrepreneurs are always the ones who are we're figuring out and solving the next problem, always looking for, you know, ways that you can learn. And, um, you know, although I said that you don't want to get too far out of of building something before, you know, somebody wants it. I think that, um, um, you know, still being interested and, and, and building and trying to get things in people's hands is just an incredible thing. So, um, you know, never losing that builder mindset is, is incredibly important
1: definitely and i think your um initial curiosity um that intrinsic just need to go discover and learn like you mentioned is something that we hopefully will all never lose because uh as we learned here today it can definitely help to support us in life no matter what we do whether that's entrepreneurship or something else completely so i'm really glad that you brought that up and i think that's a wonderful note to end off on awesome all well right. thank
2: you both very much thanks for having me